News. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Father Chuck Simple, well-known to many around the diocese. He is going to come in and tell us how he got his call to the priesthood. He says it's boring. He set the bar very low, but it was really a great story, and everybody loves Father Simple, so I hope you'll stick around for that. Uh, First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald here to give us some biblical bites with Dr. B. Thanks, Renee. Sure. What's today? Today's the Elise. Oh, you. (gasps) Well, I was going to say five or six, so now I'm going to go with six. Six Sunday in ordinary time. (laughs) What cycle are we in, Renee? We're in cycle A. I got Casey last week. I know. I listened yeah. to it yesterday, I think, yesterday yeah. or the day before, and I was like, oh, Casey. Yep, totally. yep. <laughs> so we, yeah, we're in um, cycle A. That means the gospel most of the Sundays will be from Matthew. And we've been for a f- couple few weeks now in the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we're still in the Sermon on the Mount because oh, wow. it's several chapters in Matthew's gospel. Um so the, the, what I want to focus up, we're going to focus on the gospel reading for today. This is the part where Jesus, it begins, what we hear today, Matthew 5, 17 through 37 is the whole reading. Now there are, um, depending, so you can it's do it. possible <laughs> that you won't hear, right? Yes, I know. Mm-hmm. It's possible that you won't hear, uh, the entire reading. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing today. Right, it's too right. long. It's a, it's a longer reading because it's a longer reading. Uh, an option is given whereby less of the reading could be read. Right. So sometimes there's a little, a little note here um, in the lectionary or, and in things like a Magnificat for the shorter form, omit the text in brackets. Mm -hmm. So it's possible for the priest or deacon to proclaim, to read um, a shorter version of the gospel account. And this is a longer one. So sometimes that's done for the sake of time. Other times it's done, I think my understanding is in, in some cases, there are portions of the text that would not be proclaimed um, because it's possible maybe in certain cultural contexts that they might not be understood. Mm-hmm. So the theme for the, 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 the reading, Matthew 5, 17 through 37 today, the theme is, it starts at the beginning. Jesus said to his disciples, do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've come not to abolish, but to fulfill. So he teaches on that. I'm not here to do away with the Torah. Mm-hmm. I'm here to fulfill the Torah. And in fact, to show you how to truly internalize oh, sure. the call to holiness that the Torah has always embodied. Right. And then he gives some examples of him really upping the ante. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, he, so, for instance, one of the examples, you've heard it said, it was to your ancestors, you shall not kill. Whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And he goes on, he gives, you've heard it was said this, but I say right. to you. Um, and one of the, uh, so this is one of them. You've heard it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in her heart. And then he gets really graphic uh, in his example. Not too graphic. I mean, if you read, it's, it's, <laughs> it's still going to be PG, PG maybe 13. <laughs> if your right hand, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than with the whole body thrown again. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it out, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body go into Gehenna and things like that. So, um, and I, 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 I get the idea that maybe that would be confusing to some people, but fortunately that's why we have the homily. Yeah. I, so yes, totally. <laughs> I mean, that's, um, totally. 
I, I do get sometimes there can be a pastoral reason maybe where even to this, for the sake of time, like this, this is, I want to be really clear here. This is my own. It's, it's, it's a personal preference. I think it's an informed personal preference mm-hmm. uh, in light of what I do and my formation, but um, for the sake of time, then speaking of the homily, make the homily a little shorter. Yeah. Um, or maybe mass frankly, is going to be a little bit longer. Would that kill today. anybody? I know, no. I know. On occasion. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't it, happen very often, yeah. but on And occasion. I have to say, like, usually when that happens, if they don't read the bracketed parts during Mass, I usually will go back and read them myself. Right, because you're somebody who you tend to follow along I in the do. Missalette, right? I do, I follow right? along in the book. Right. So I know if they've been right. omitted. Right. And I just hate not knowing the, what that was. What's going on? <laughs> and why did why did Father yes, omit it this week? Why? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, but a couple of things. So there, there's that, uh, just you might see that this weekend and depending on how it's read, that would, might be why mm-hmm. uh, you don't hear everything that's in your Missalette. But the thing I want to emphasize here, um, we, we get this idea sometimes that Jesus came to make it easier oh, right. for us, mm-hmm. right? And I already I already spoke to the truth. No, no. He upped the ante. He mm-hmm. upped the standard. The law is not something, the, the call to holiness that's made uh, is not just a matter of, of keeping certain keeping certain external practices. Right. right. Uh, it's about internalizing that. So for instance, to use one of those things that I already highlighted, you've heard of that was said, you shall shall not commit adultery. So you will you sh- if you're married, you shouldn't sleep with somebody who's not your spouse. Right. Or if you're not married, you shouldn't sleep with somebody else's spouse. That's the technical meaning of what adultery is. But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So adultery is a big deal, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's a grave sin. And what Jesus is saying, adultery is not just a matter of, you know, um, committing the act, An action, yeah. even if you think it, like if you've looked at another person lustfully, mm-hmm. you've committed adultery in your heart right. and that maybe not just as bad, but that's also really bad. You've, right. you've, you've in a way committed adultery. Right. So Jesus came Again, not to lower the bar, but to raise it, but also, but also, and this is, this is also important, but to give us the strength Mm. to live up to that higher standard. He gives us the grace we need, need to, to, to cross the bar that he has raised to an even higher level. So it's not easier. It's harder and easier. And only he can give us that strength. Amen. Thanks, Dr. You bet. In studio with me today, I have the illustrious <laughs> Father Chuck Simple here. Welcome, Father Simple. Thank you. Good to uh, be back here. Yes, it's been, gosh, probably a year, maybe even two since you've been uh, here last. I don't think it's been two, but it's been a little while. <laughs> maybe since a year, year I've and been, a half. Uh, more uh, laid back now that I'm in a senior status as a priest, so yeah. it's a little bit different than the day-to-day stuff that a lot of priests go through. Right, yeah. yeah. We were just talking before we started the show. Um, Father Simple's just doing all the fun stuff. He's subbing for people, doing masses, and I guess I'm not sure funerals are fun, but- but they're but they're yeah. less work than all the administrative stuff of a parish. That's true. Yeah. Yes. So you get to have fun and and you're living downtown. I'm living in downtown Sioux Falls. <laughs> I've always kind of wanted to give it a try, and uh, it's been going well. I like Good. it. There's uh, summer was a little bit nicer than sure. now, but now too it's not bad because where I live, I don't have to worry about snow removal. That's true. Or uh, anything like that. So I just when it snows, it's kind of pretty. Right. I know. It's like, it used to be when I was a priest. 
in the active ministry, I used to think, oh, no, will the parking lot get clean? <laughs> Who's going to come? Who's going to do this? And will there be enough salt? Will somebody slip? You know, I yep. have to worry about that anymore. Right. You can just enjoy it. And, yes. And you don't have very far to go to get necessities. No, really. there's a lot of uh, Sioux Falls, downtown Sioux Falls, as probably most people know around here, is really developing. And yeah. there's a lot of neat little restaurants. And uh, it's just a lively place. Yeah. And I think they're continuing to try to make it even better and better each year. Yeah. It seems to fit your personality. So I'm sure <laughs> it's a good fit down that. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yes. I, yes. All right. So we're going to talk today about how you got your call to the priesthood. Um, Cause I've known you for a while. You were the priest, uh, our pastor at Holy Spirit until right. you uh, retired recently. And um, I don't even know what your uh, story, I don't think. Uh, actually, my husband and I were talking about has Father Simple ever talked about that in a homily? And he thought maybe you had. I probably you know little and a little bit here little and there indications about things, but uh, it's you know it's not it's not. He one says of those, it's not uh, that great, so we'll find out. Stories. I mean, it's a, it's a, <laughs> but it's not like a lot of guys that have had big different conversion experiences in right. their life, which uh, you know mine was pretty much. Uh, a pretty normal yeah. existence. You know, the church talks about uh, domestic churches means our home lives. And mm -hmm. that's where really, I think most vocations get their start. Yeah. And that's truly, really true with mine. My mom and dad were uh, very, very centered in uh, their careers, of course, uh, dad in the meat business. And uh, my mother even helped work in a little grocery store that we had in the small town oh. of, of Tabor in right near Yankton. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we grew up pretty normally. It's uh, the, uh, those of you that know anything about Tabor, South Dakota. It's a very Czechoslovakian community. Is that what and, your ancestry is too? Yeah. Okay. My one grandfather from my dad's side came directly from the Czech Republic, and oh, wow. he left home when he was about seventeen, and came over with uh, a brother of his. And they, uh, uh, you know, they never went back. They because there's just that time in the early part of the 20th century mm -hmm. when they came over to the United States. So, you know, they uh, uh, we grew up in that town. It was very, very uh, kind of a little myopic as far as there wasn't a lot of diversity. There's only one church still in Tabor, and it's Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so the, the people that started the town were Catholic, and a lot of the Czech people that came were Catholic. So it was a a small town. We had uh, a grade school, a Catholic grade school that was uh, uh, taught by the Benedictine sisters in Yankton. Ah. And so all my teachers throughout all of grade school were sisters mm -hmm. from the monastery at Sacred Heart in Yankton. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, some of them, a couple of them even did, which was interesting. My brother is a little bit younger than me. Like I was the oldest in the family. I have a brother and a sister. And my brother and I, when we were growing up, my sister is quite a bit younger than me and my brother. Uh, the the sisters uh, did child care for us, and so my <laughs> brother really and I, yeah, my <laughs> brother and I would be in the house, and they were still in their full Benedictine habits at sure. the time. So if you can imagine a, a sister taking care of us, was, <laughs> we could not misbehave, or we would be really in trouble. So uh, we had sisters that actually did some child care for us, but. They were very good. I had very good experiences with the Benedictine sisters. And the town, too, because of the Czechoslovakian influence. And uh, they, I think, on a kind of an initiative back before I was born, they were looking for a Czechoslovakian priest. 
a priest that could speak Czech. Oh. In the early times, you know, before I was born, when my dad was actually in, in serving in the church, they had a priest that came out of Omaha that was Czech, Monsignor Boschka. Oh, wow. And uh, he <laughs> uh, then uh, died, and then they attempted to put a priest there that was not, could not speak the Czech language, and that... Uh, caused kind of a concern because a lot of the people only spoke Czech. So wow. I think it was really through the initiative of the people and uh, some of the people in town, because there was a big Czech uh, influence in Chicago area, they knew of a Czechoslovakian monastery, St. Procopius out of Lyle, Illinois, mm -hmm. still there. And uh, they had uh, priests. And so I think they got a couple of guys from the town that went on a train to interview these people and <laughs> they sent two Czechoslovakian speaking priests. They weren't from Czech, but they could speak Czech wow. to the town. Yeah. And so um, we had those priests. There was always, even those small town, they had two of them came because they wanted them to live in community. Sure. And because they were from that area and my grandmother was one of the cooks along with, they also had other people, but my grandmother cooked a lot for them at times at other people. And then so they couldn't go home for Christmas or Easter after until after the, the celebrations oh, sure. were done. Yeah. So we had a lot of them at the house a lot. It was kind of a hassle because we, you know, every <laughs> Christmas, you know, every Easter meal, we had to have like the priest there. And it was like, oh, really? You had to really behave. And so it was like, oh, priests are coming again. And so my brother and I would always think, okay, we'll get through it again. But what I found out was that they were really, really... Uh, happy guys. Yeah. I mean, in a good sense, they were really uh, very, very uh, much in love life. And uh, I think that had a big influence on me because they would often sit around and uh, with my dad and mom after uh, dinner. And, and a lot of times they would watch football games with us and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So it was uh, kind of normal just to be around the priests. And they were, like I said, very happy guys and I, as I was growing older, especially in high school, um, you know, there was a, a kind of a, kind of a time when I was thinking about what I wanted to do. I really intended—I don't know why—I've always intended that I was going to go to law school. Oh, and I just had an interest in <laughs> law, I guess. And I, I always wondered thought, what you. There must have been something before yeah. that Father Simple was thinking of law. Yeah, yeah, I really law. was. I really thought. Well, it was more like it, I was thinking that because just studying it, I knew if I wanted to get into politics, which I was kind of interested ah. in, I always wanted to be a senator from the state. And so, <laughs> and so, and it kind of started with a friend of mine, because another part of the story, I ended up going to uh, the Catholic high school in Mitchell at that time, Mitchell Notre Dame High School. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my friends that wasn't Catholic, but I got to know pretty well, was Steve McGovern, George McGovern's oh, son. Sure. And so George was from Mitchell, of course. And so we would go over to the house a lot. And he was such a historian. And uh, he was, of course, uh, in the Senate. And uh, so I just had that interest. Yeah. It kind of faded, really faded a lot when I got selected to go to Boy State. And I <laughs> yeah, got this to is Boy really State. a test here. <laughs> yeah, I got to Boy State and then it was up in Aberdeen at uh, uh, Northern, which mm -hmm. they still think have it at that place. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had to get up, you know, and do all these calisthenics. And, and they, you know, we had to run for various offices and cities, which was not so bad. But I just thought, you know, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. <laughs> so 
So that was kind of a that was my junior year in high school. So my senior year in high school, I was pretty well set that I wanted to go to Creighton University because a lot of my uh, friends were going to Creighton that I was graduating with, mm-hmm. including my cousin who I was very close to too. We were kind of like brothers, same age, and grew up together. And he was going to Creighton, and he was eventually wanted to go to med school. I was still kind of wavering what to do, and then in the course of it all, a priest from that was at the high school. One day, just in kind of casual conversation, just says, Chuck, you ever thought about being a priest? And I said, no, nah, not really. I said, you know, it's uh, there's the, no, nah, I don't have anything against them, but I just, you know, I just, it wasn't I grew up with them. I don't want them to do that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of that way. And it kind of, but I, after you know, one of those things that I, you know, I know people say this, that priests should ask more younger mm-hmm. guys mm-hmm. or guys if they're interested, because it does kind of trigger a thought. Yeah. And it did. And I just kept thinking about it and then kind of pursued it, of course, and then went to the seminary right after high school, really. So I never did go to Creighton. I ended up at St. Mary's College, mm-hmm. where the Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary, where most of us went at that time. And where I think is that there's located? Still them. In Winona, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Okay. And there's still, I think we have a one or two guys yeah. that still go there from the seminary. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They went up to St. Paul Seminary at uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota for my theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Is there something in particular that you remember that made you decide to go to seminary? I mean, you say that planted a little bit of a seed, but did you struggle with it a bit? Or did were you just like, oh, all right, I'll go to seminary? <laughs> well, you know, I had a—this is really—I don't—I know Bishop Hoke's been gone for a long time. I was ordained—I was the last one ordained by Bishop Hoke. Okay. After he ordained me, he said, okay, that's enough. <laughs> so, so I'm clearly I was the on the wrong one. path. Huh? I was the last one. This is 1978. And then he, he uh, retired at the end. Of the, and Bishop Dudley actually came in December of that year. Okay. But at any rate, so I, when I was a senior in high school, the priest, the Father Bream, who actually was the one who told me to think about being a priest, drove me here to Sioux Falls. And we met, I met one-on-one as a senior in high school at Bishop Hoke. And and so I was talking to him in his office, and and uh, I explained to him. I said, you know, Bishop, I think I think I should go to Creighton first, and then if I still have an interest in the seminary, I probably will do that. And he said, you know, and then he told me, which I did not know, he went to Creighton, which I did not oh. know. And he said, you know what, I did that. But he said, if I had to do it over again, I, I think you should try the seminary first, and if it doesn't mm. work out, then you can always transfer your credits and sure. go to crate or any place. Yeah. So he's the one that, that said, do it the other way, uh-huh. even though he didn't do it that way. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, a seminary. It's, I think it's still pretty similar. We go through quite a bit of evaluation. Mm-hmm. I must say every, every year they, there was a board that reviewed us and, uh, and we set up times for it. And every time, I'd go into the chapel to pray beforehand and ask the Lord to tell them to tell me not to do this. <laughs> so that was my prayer. I would say, Is that what you're I said, tell them, because then I wouldn't have to make the decision. Sure. So right. I would say, my prayer was, tell them to say, Chuck, it's not for you. Go try something else. <laughs> but that didn't happen. They kept saying, well, you know, you got some things certainly to work on, but we're not going to like throw you out of this place. So, um, God was just, not going to let you off the hook that just, easy. It just kind of progressed. And then even when I was getting ready, you know, college was, you could probably, in my time, and I think kind of true today, you could major in anything. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like you, you were set yet, but theology pretty much had to say, 
you know, this is going to be your course and you're going to you know, really take this on. So, right. Yeah. So th- that was probably a big time of just thinking about it more and yeah. saying, Hey, can you do this? And can you yeah. ma- make this commitment? So, well, I think probably Bishop Hoke didn't ordain anymore. Cause he was like, well, I can't do better than Father Simple, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so. um, okay. So when you decided to go to the seminary and you actually were ordained a priest, what, what did your family think? Cause you were, did you have any other brothers or sisters? I feel like one of your sisters maybe became a religious sister. Is that no, right? No, no, okay. no, no, no. I'm the, the oldest and nobody really in my immediate, even cousins or relationships, uh, of my, you know, from, be, were in the seminary priest. We had only one priest at that time from Tabor, and he actually went to be a Benedictine at St. Oh, Procopius. Okay. In fact, Father Raymond, who was our pastor, when he died when I was in the eighth grade, and he died in the Tyndall Hospital near Tabor. And uh, I went up to see him, and he was very influential. And that's one thing, you know, I know some people sometimes talk about they've had bad experiences with priests and mm-hmm. sisters, totally unlike my experience. Right. I had just wonderful sisters. I mean, just wonderful. They couldn't have been better. And mm-hmm. priests. Mm-hmm. The priests were just fantastic. And so I, when Father Ray was dying, he, he talked to me. And he, I remembered I was only in the eighth grade. And that might have had a little spark, too, because he said, Chuck— if you become a priest, don't become a half a priest. Don't become a diocesan. Become a Benedictine. <laughs> so that always Whoopsies. stuck with me too. I thought, oh no, when I get to heaven, if I get there, I'm sure he's there. And then he's going to say, well, you didn't, you became a priest, but you're a diocesan. So, but I actually did go to Procopius and, oh. and checked it out. And uh, gee, I just couldn't do it. I, I knew like the, the community is beautiful. It's a beautiful monastery. But for some reason, it, it just didn't click for me. Yeah, uh, I just yeah. thought, you know, I just uh, I think I'm more a South Dakotan, and I just right. want to be in South Dakota. Yeah. This is where I grew up, and so and I probably had that possibility a bit there. But it was that you were under the direction of an abbot, and it just didn't seem like a right fit. And I was right. pretty young; I was just in a, like a freshman in high school. Oh, at sure, that time. Yeah. sure. Okay, so when you were ordained, um, is there anything that really stands out from your ordination day? I mean, yeah, that, that's been of, a little while, but in a different in a different way. There were four of us ordained with by on my ordination uh, that were uh, classmates of mine, and it was really kind of an interesting time because it was Bishop Hoke's fiftieth anniversary as a priest. Okay, and so actually, Cardinal Cody came from Chicago at that time on the Tuesday before our ordination. Cardinal Cody, they had a big celebration here at the cathedral for Bishop Hoke. And he was quite tired. We were ordained on a Thursday. He was quite tired. And so he didn't want to preach. And so the, the director of our seminary in Winona ended up to be the preacher, I think oh. kind of on the last minute, because mm-hmm. Bishop Hoke, after this big celebration, he was you know elderly already right, right. and wanted to retire. And so he gave it kind of just did it, but he didn't preach or anything. So that was that was kind of unusual. Yeah. Uh, event at that time that uh, that that so the rector of the seminary was the preacher. Yeah, uh, you know it's like today at their beautiful ceremonies mm-hmm. and it was, um, it, it, family was there of course and and I know a lot of my uncles, my dad's brothers and my dad's sister were very supportive, but uh, you know they 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 knew that this was going to be a big event. I suppose yeah. I kind of wondered was this guy really going to be able to make it through this whole thing and, <laughs> and do it. Uh, I, and what it, 
way later, I was having a wedding for one of my brother's daughters in St. Louis. And we were sitting around after the wedding at the reception, and he said he told he turned to one of his brothers, my uncle, and said, I'll give Chuck about five years in this. So I'm now 44 <laughs> years into it. So, so I didn't. You know, beat the odds, yeah, didn't yeah, you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so we have a few minutes left, Father Simple. You've been in the diocese a long time. You've been in a lot of large parishes. Yeah. Um, you've been in Sioux Falls quite a bit, but you've been outside of Sioux Falls a bit too, right? Well, kind of an odd priesthood there too, which kind of fits my oddity in my whole <laughs> life. I was only four years out of Sioux Falls. I went up to South Dakota State. Oh, that's right. So yes. out of 44 years ordained, I've been 40 in, in Sioux, Sioux Falls. Falls. So really, Sioux Falls is really home to yeah. me. Yeah. So what was the best part of priesthood for you? Well, Active I think priesthood. most of it, I think most of us would probably say the same. It just You just get to deal with people in and some of the most important parts of their life, you mm-hmm. know, having a baby and baptizing and uh, and also more crucial times too when there's sickness or death yeah. and, and even just the stuff that goes on with depression and anxiety. And uh, and I, I would say for me always was the weekend masses. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I was trained, I think, pretty much in my early priesthood by some really good pastors that really said, hey, you make Saturday night, Sunday the most important part of your yeah. week. You got to be up for it. You got to be prepared for it. You got to be, you greet the people. You, that, it's because you're, 99% of the people you're going to interact with, they're going to be there on Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. So you just get ready for it. And uh, that's, I really, the weekends were always just, just really great times of yeah. being with the people. And as you're in a parish, and thankfully I've had some times where it was quite long periods of times in parishes, you get to know the people and what they go through. So as you're celebrating mass with them and looking around, you kind of know, hey, I know that that person's going through that or that person's going through that or that person's right. happy, that person's sad. So you just, you're just you just there with the people in their most important parts of their lives. Yeah, I will say that um, my experience of you at Holy Spirit was you were always quite in tune with the people and you're always upbeat on Sundays when we came in to come to mass and just really good yes. um really good masses that made you feel like you really cared about us. So thank yeah, you for and that. I think that was the most yeah. important. I, yeah. I, as I said, it was really instilled in me as a young priest when I was first ordained and I was at Christ the King and, and then at St. Michael's that was the two pastors really emphasized that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have about a minute left. If, if, and you probably have had this before um, when, or if young men come to you and say, Hey, father simple, I'm thinking maybe about going to seminary do you have advice for them? Sure. Well, it, it, it's like for me, I always say, hey, it's uh, something to certainly, and in, I always tell them it doesn't have to be your final decision mm-hmm. right away. If you've got an inclination, it's best to give it a try, just like Bishop Hoke. Uh, yeah. I usually tell them the Bishop Hoke story with sure. me too. And so I say, if there's an inclination, you'll have time and also advice from others, spiritual directors, formators that are going to be there with you to help you in this decision. So it's not like you have to have it planned out all right. now because it just seems overwhelming to think about that right oh, away. Yeah. But, you know, you just kind of let other people help you make that decision by looking at your gifts and talents and what you could do best for yourself and for God and for the church. Yeah, yeah, good advice. All right, we're out of time, rather simple. So thank you for coming in and tell us, telling us your story. You gave us a low bar. But I think you did really good. I, I like your story. It's, <laughs> it's right. a, actually a story you don't hear very often where you're very influenced 
uh, heavily by priests and sisters in your life. We don't hear that much anymore. So yeah, I was. It's good to hear that. Yep. All right. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. All right. If you uh, want to find us anytime online, you can go to sfcatholic.org and find uh, Mass Times, what's going on in the diocese, uh, and of course, all Bishop's Bulletin stories and these podcasts. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.